Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Catholic Alpha Radical Love, baby! The show that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend slash fiance problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting just plain is for marriage. In this 145th episode, Catholic Spiritual Warfare, the list of mortal sins every husband should know to know how to defend his home. Part five, the last and the final. Plus, live calls from you answering your marriage and crisis questions. So get in that queue at 313 Radical or call from your uh, browser at callingstudio.com for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so, as we always do each and every show, we rock it a little bit early with the quote of the day. So, let's do this. Quote, spiritual combat is another element of life which needs to be taught anew and proposed once more to all Christians today. It is a secret and interior art an invisible struggle in which we engage every day against the temptations, the evil suggestions that the demon tries to plant in our hearts. End quote. St. Pope John Paul II. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Hey, 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 we are back. And so let's get to doing this today. This is the last part of the mortal sins and how to help you as a husband defend your home. Why? Because if you don't know the rules of the game, how do you even play the game? Um, and that's exactly why I'm bringing this to you, because people today try to neglect hell. They don't want to talk about it. Matter of fact, I had a conversation this weekend about it. Nobody wants to talk about hell. Nobody wants to say there is a place. Nobody wants to even think that they go there or anybody else goes there. Say people like uh, Judas and stuff like, or uh, Jeffrey Dahmer or some crazy stuff like that. But that's just the way it is because people, we rationalize, right? We rationalize. We all think we're good. We all think we're great. We all think we're the special person. And so, of course, we'll never go to hell no matter what we do, right? But with that being said, if you are stronghold Catholic, a rocketed everyday Catholic, a serious Christian soldier, there's no way that you believe that googly got. Okay. So with that being said, we're going to go into the mortal sins, the last part. So just understand that again, this show, these, these, uh, these shows, these last five shows were really not to judge you or to talk about your relationship with God as far as, you know, what you aren't, aren't doing in your daily life as a sin or to ruin that relationship, but to give you the armor, the foundation of how to even spite, fight spiritual warfare. And like I just said, heck, man, if you don't even know the things that separate you from God, how can you even fight? You cannot be in mortal sin and fight Satan. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'm going to say it one more time to make it three. You can't do it. You must be in grace. As a man, if you are not in grace in your home, what you do is you severely diminish everything that you're trying to do. Because you have said, I have, I choose Satan 
over our Lord Jesus Christ, and that is not going to happen. God would just send the demon. God would just allow the demonic in your home, and you deal with them. It's kind of how He looks at it. So, with that being said, first thing we're going to do real quick is go over again what is a mortal, what constitute, what is a mortal sin, and what are the conditions that constitute grave matter and a mortal sin so that we are on the same page, and we're going to go over venial sin real quick. So, what is a mortal sin? An offense against God that constitutes grave matter, which means extremely serious, mortally sinful, and of course, we all know by now, mortal means death. So, um, then what kinds of offenses against God constitute grave matter? Real quick, you know, things like uh, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, viciousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revealings, and such the like. And that is Galatians 5, 19 through 20. Um, so you can go and read that more, or if you want to listen to uh, any one of the uh, one through four shows that we've already done on this, feel free. Okay, so that's a mortal sin. All right. And so let's go over real quick what constitutes. Um, real okay, other okay, yeah, let's what constitutes a mortal sin? What are the three things that must be the conditions in which God holds you responsible for a mortal sin, which is death, which means what it means hell. Okay, because this don't get twisted. You, you must understand that when we commit a mortal sin which separates us from God, the real penalty for that right now is immediate death, immediate hell. That's what we deserve. But God in his mercy, he understands we're creatures, and he understands that that wouldn't be really fair, right? It wouldn't be fair to have a person until they grow, and they the more they know, the more they're responsible for. God gives us time to grow. And so this is why there are three things that must be um, that 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 you must actually know as a believer, as a sinner, or even as an atheist to know what is grave, then God will hold you um, responsible. So the first condition is the sin is of grave matter, which we just talked about that. That means things, the, the sin is grave. It means it's com completely spiritually and morally against the universe, against the people in the world, against God himself. And which causes grave damage to the world and to you as a person. People think I create when I create sin, it doesn't affect anybody but me. Oh, that is so crazy. Oh, that is so crazy. No, that is not true. If you are a husband, just think it. If you're a husband and you create a, a very serious sin in your life, that does not affect you. That affects everybody in your environment, your children, your wife, yourself, your church members, your parents. Your, your your siblings, it affects any your work environment, everything around, it affects everything around you. And that's why when you're in the Catholic church and you go to confession, yes, God forgives you for the sin, but there's, which you are forgiven, but there's the temporal effects of your sin, which is why you need penance. I could be wrong on that last part, but I'm pretty sure I think that's the truth. So that's why you need penance to go and to help to start to fix that temporal effect. Okay. Next, um, the next condition is the sin is committed with full knowledge that it is a sin. So, with that being said, if you know you you you're married and you go out and have sex with another woman as a man, and you know that that's wrong. Okay, you know that's wrong. So basically, you just you understand that. Listen, this is not morally correct. This is well hurt not just me, but others around me. And if you are a husband and you have sex with another woman, then basically you are engaging her in your behavior, which also hurts her soul and damages her body. Okay, we've talked about that many times. So the third condition that the sin uh, is a mortal sin is the individual uh, fully consents to the will, to this with his will. So basically that means you have free will, so if you commit a, let's say you commit a, you know, you're a murderer and you commit the murder, you know, it's wrong. You know, it's grave matter. And, but not only do you commit the murder, you embrace it. You enjoy it. You take in the pleasure of it. You consent to it with your will. Now we have the three conditions. Now your little butt's in trouble. And now you better get to confession as fast as you can. <laughs> okay. All right. So that is how you stay and understand that you do not want to separate yourself from God. Why? Because it basically makes you 
limp, makes you weak as a man. It does. Okay. And it makes you susceptible to being a slave to your sin, a slave to Satan. Everybody thinks that they're free. No, you're not. We're not free. If we're on the side of Satan, we're not free. You're going to be a slave to something. Think about it. You're going to be a slave to something. You're going to be a slave to Satan, a slave to you, which is what? A slave to your own, your own appetites. You're, you're going to be a slave to your job, a slave to, to, to sex, a slave to, um, you know, your career or your, your passions of a video or whatever that you are a slave to. You can't, or your phone today is the cell phone. Can't draw yourself away from your cell phone. I guarantee you most people now today that they have their cell phones in their hands all the time, they can't withdraw from that cell phone for 10 minutes without looking at it. 10 minutes. I don't see how people do it. I don't see how people just sit there and mess with their phone all like that. I don't. But you know what? I'm not attached to it. Another thing that you guys got to understand is you can't make it to heaven if you're attached to anything other than God. You will never make it to heaven if you are attached to anything other than God. Why? Because you cannot be in front of God wanting other things. You can only want God. This is another great thing why purgatory is a blessing. And you must understand purgatory. In order to understand hell and heaven, you must understand purgatory. Okay? And so if you are attached to your cell phone, if you're attached to what uh, your, your appetites as a man, you, you will never make it to, to the beatific vision with God. You never will. You have to detach. It's called detachment. Um, because the only way that you can be in the beatific vision in front of God himself is what? Is so that uh, you only want him. Why? Because he is all good. And so how can you be all pure, all holy, and all good and deserve to be in front of him if you are attached to your wife or your kids or you're attached to your appetites of pleasure, of sex, of booze, of drugs, or whatever it is that we are all have as an appetite? Okay, but you know what? The, the other thing about attachment and detachment too—that's a very complicated and a very advanced thing when it comes to the faith. That is a very advanced Catholic, Christian, God-like, awesome thing that Jesus Christ wants us to understand. And so, what I mean when I say that is, you—you—you you, you have to grow to that. You just don't know that. Okay, who who you know who would ever have told you that? Oh, you can't make it to heaven if you're attached to anything but God. You know that's a very complicated concept. Um, but as you grow in your faith, it becomes a lot easier. You understand it like it's nothing. Oh, I understand that. That's nothing. Okay. So now, real quick, we're gonna talk about a venial sin. So what is a venial sin? Venial sins do not separate us from God. So you know, a small lie, you know, or something like that. You know, that does not separate us from God. If it, the, the lie depends on the gravity of the lie. Like, okay, if you're the president of the United States and you lie and say, no, I'm going, I'm not going to attack you. And then you send 20,000 missiles over there. That's kind of a grave lie, right? That's going to affect the whole world, right? So a small lie of, yeah, I, you know, did you eat that? Why, you know, why didn't you clean up your room? I didn't clean up my room because I don't know, whatever. That's a small kind of a small thing between parents and kids. So the but the, the venial sin is kind of like that. It, it's it's important, but it doesn't separate you from God. All right. And so over your lifetime, you begin to work on that things. Um, I forgot who Father Ripperker said uh, there was a nun who's a saint that she completely. No, 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 no. He was um, he was counseling a, a lady. Uh, helping her with the spiritual direction. And she got to the point where she did morally sin or venially sin ever. Do you know that is wow. People think just because I don't moral sin, I'm good. You are good, but you're kind of not good. You know, this is why one of the holy lover gifts in the Catholic Alpha Marriage Unchained program is be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. That is what God is. Jesus asked us to do, right? So, what does that mean? We never strive to just not committing mortal sin is just the beginning, but the venial sins and not disappointing God—that is the ultimate, right? I, I I don't commit a sin not because I'm scared of God because I don't want to disappoint Him. Okay, so the second type of sin is venial sin. It does not separate us from God. However, venial sins 
do weaken grace in our soul and damages our relationship with God. Continually committing venial sin eventually collapses us into mortal sin. And on that, we will take a break and come back and get to the last of how to understand mortal sin to protect your home and defend your home as a husband in 2023. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, okay. I hope that y'all had a good weekend as I did. Um, and, you know, hanging out with the wife and stuff, that's always a fun thing. We're thinking about, uh, we're discerning to join MIM, which is a, um, it's a which is a Marian, uh, a blessed mother um, kind of, of um, uh, ministry. Um, and we're learning about it. And, you know, my wife, she drags me everywhere, y'all. That's why I'm sitting here in front of you. Because <laughs> without her, I would not be here. <laughs> so she drags me at word. I told her, I said, "Man, you got me again. You got me again." So we, 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 we do a lot together. Me and her really love each other, um, and that's special. Um, so with that being said, you got any calls today? I, I mean, give me a call today. Let's talk about some some mortal sins. If you don't agree with the things that I'm saying, hey man, we're just we're rocket man. Hey, let's have a conversation about it. 313 radical, you know, I don't know everything and I don't pretend to do nor I don't even know close to everything. What I do is just try to build my knowledge and let it stack on top of each other. And that's what I would suggest to you. You know, I'm giving you this information because I want you to put that in your arsenal, you know, to, to pack it away and to be able to bring it forth when you need it. Right. To your wife, to your children, to your to your environment, you know, because you are the husband, you are the man, you your job as a man in is simple is to in, in to in uh influence your environment influence your environment bring god to your environment by whichever way you got you have to you know even at your job wherever you know you are important in this life and do not let anybody tell you that you're not you are a man of god you are a christian soldier do not let anybody tell you anything other than that okay you have the power to change the hearts of many men. You really do. You just got to take the, you just got to, you just got to, you know, be willing to take some darts for Christ. You got to be willing to take some pain for Christ because nothing's going to change without pain. Okay. Nothing. All right. So with that being said, again, uh, I did this, um, I'm doing this little series. Well, it's not a little series anymore. It's kind of a medium series of five shows, but I think it's important. Um, and it's something that will help you and others. Um, so the article, I'm doing this in conjunction with an article uh, at St. Mary of the seven dollars.com. And the name of the article is list of mortal sins. Every Catholic should know. So all I did was change it to my show to every, every husband should know um, because I have a little different agenda. I want you to understand again, how to defend your home. And you can't do that. If you don't know the game, you got to get in the game. Okay. So what I'm going to do real quick, I mean, this is going to be real quick because the last show I'm going to go over 
the Ten Commandments and really understand what the what the mortal sins and grave matter sins are in each in each commandment real quick. And then we're going to get to the three theological virtues, the, the grave matter, mortal sins inside those. And if you don't know what the three theological virtues are, hang around and I will let you know. OK, so. The first commandment, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall be yours. Shall be, and, only, <laughs> and only him shall you serve. So within the first commandment, mortal sins or idolatry, divination of magic and sorcery, sacrilege, atheism. Number two, the second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the mortal sins inside of those are blasphemy. Blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy against the church, uh, perjury and false oaths, pledging oneself to commit an evil deed. OK, next, the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Many folks have a problem with that today. That's a problem. That's your problem. That's not God's problem. The demons understand it. It's time you understand it, too. You got to get your little butt to mass every Sunday. You got to if you're a Protestant, you got to get your little butt to church every Sunday to show God that you love him. Okay. So deliberate failure of the Sunday obligation. All, all of us have a duty to get to mass. Okay. Number four, the fourth commandment, honor thy father and mother. This commandment obliges the faithful to show respect for their parents and children. I'm mean, as children and as adults. Number five, the fifth commandment, you shall not kill. There's a lot in this one. First one is murder or intentional homicide. The next one is abortion. The next one is euthanasia, suicide, scandal. So scandal is an attitude or behavior that leads another to do evil. Okay. Drug abuse, gluttony, alcohol abuse, terrorism, extreme anger. So extreme anger is a desire for revenge. If anger reaches the point of a deliberate desire to kill or seriously wound a neighbor, it is gravely against charity. Okay. The next one is hatred and, of course, extortion. Okay. Uh, the sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. So inside the sixth commandment, the, the uh, mortal sins are adultery, divorce, fornication, pornography, prostitution, rape, homosexual acts, incest, masturbation. That's a serious Serious, hard commandment to embrace. I know. <laughs> That's all the appetites in that one, ain't it, y'all? All the appetites in that one. <laughs> so, number seven, the seventh commandment, you should not steal. So, within the seventh commandment, the mortal sins are theft, cheating, defrauding a worker of his wages, Unfair wagers, which means uh, unfair wagers in games of chance are a grave matter if they deprive someone of what is necessary to provide for his needs and those of others. OK, and then taking advantage of the poor. That is the seventh commandment. Now, the eighth commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbors inside the eighth commandment. The mortal sins are false witness and perjury. Adulation. So adulation is verbal speech or an attitude that encourages or confirms another in malicious acts and perverse conduct. It is a grave sin if it makes one an accomplice in another's vice or grave sins. OK, also, then this one is called is lying. And that is the eighth commandment. The ninth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. It's another big one. Basically, this one includes is basically lust, which is an offense against chastity, which chastity is the virtue that helps you control your sexual appetites. OK, so it's a big one. All right. So lust, lust and sin and vice of the flesh and uh, lust and sin can be overcome through prayer and grace through the Christian sacraments. OK, and of course, the last, the 10th commandment, you shall not covet anything that is your neighbors and the mortal sins inside the 10th commandment are avarice avarice is greed and the desire to amass earthly goods without limit okay it is a passion for riches and luxury those who seek temporal happiness at the expense 
of spiritual duties, risk the grave sin of avarice. And then, of course, the last one, envy, which is a huge one, right? Envy, another capital sin, is sadness at the sight of another's goods and the immoderate desire to acquire them for yourself. Even envy can lead to grave consequences and can harm neighbors. If envy leads to grave harm to a neighbor, it is surely a grave sin. And so, gentlemen, that is the 10. Okay. And again, I hope that you got some out of that. So now we're going to get to the subject of today's show. Um, uh, so I have a, uh, uh, a, uh, before we go to that, I have a comment that says, <laughs> Jerry, you are awesome. I can't thank you enough. Your guidance and friendship, I truly value. I will be with you Thursday night for group. I'm off to bed now. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, okay? So let's move on, gentlemen. So what we have, theological virtues, offenses against the three theological virtues. Now, look, I'm not going to lie. I did not know when I, till I read this article. I did not know that there were grave matter against the three theological virtues. But guess what? <laughs> they are. And guess what? We're going to go over real quick. Well, not quick, but we're going to go over. We're going to go over in depth. So offenses against the three theological virtues. The three theological virtues are what? Faith, hope, and charity. Allow man to share in God's nature. That is what the three logical virtues are. They allow man to share in God's nature. These virtues relate directly to God who directly infuses these three virtues into the soul where they make the believers capable of living as God's children and meriting eternal life. See, this goes along with what I, I try to get across that God, knowing that we're creatures and knowing that Adam and Eve fell, he would not put us out into this world without infusing the natural law in our souls so that we know what's good, so we know what's bad, so that we, we that things that will draw us to him. See, this is why people who say, well, where is God? He's allowing all this evil in the world. God's not allowing, God's not doing nothing. We're doing it. We're doing it. God God allows evil because of our free will. He can't sit there. He doesn't want to sit there and control everything we do. Like that's what good parents do, right? But once your kid gets so old, you can't sit there and try to control everything your parent, your kid does. He's going to hate you. He's going to resent you. Okay. People who try to control their parent, their kids all the time. You, you, this is the same with trying to control your wife. People kill me. You can't control a grown person, man. You can't control a grown person. Our job as Christians is to what? To inform. And that is evangelization in its whole. You do you use the Socratic method. And so the Socratic method, when you evangelize, is what? You ask questions and you allow the person to come to their own conclusions. You don't sit there and argue with them. Okay. And so this is why it's important. God break, God lets us, God infuses these things into us, into our hearts, so that when we're out here in this world, this is why you hear him say, my grace is sufficient enough for you to be saved. Every person on the planet has enough grace to be saved. Okay. But it, it but what is the big thing? You have to what? Everybody inquire. You must cooperate. OK, so again, these are three theological virtues and these and they are faith, hope and charity. And these are the mortal sins, grave matter against um, um, against the theological virtues. So the first one is offenses against faith, against the faith. OK, offenses against the Catholic faith. So what's that mean? Voluntary doubt of faith, voluntary Doubt of faith is disregarding the revealed truth of God and his church. Those who do this risk spiritual blindness and loss of faith. People don't really understand that faith is a gift. It's a gift that God has given you so that you understand the world. If you talk to any, any Catholic worth his weight and salt, he will tell you the closer I grow to God, 
the more God gives me, shows me the world for what it truly is. And once God does that, it becomes painful. That's why a lot of Catholics are upset about the Latin mass. They're upset about when bishops and popes and priests and, and cardinals go against the church, even a little bit against God a little bit because they know they can see they, God has given them the fruit of the Holy Spirit called wisdom, and they can see the dangers in that. Why? Because most people who love God, who are orthodox, they have been through a lot of pain. And so they don't want to go back to that pain. And so when they see offenses against Christ and his church, automatic, their, their antennas go up, right? Their radar goes up. And so this is why People who don't have faith are truly blind. They are truly blind. Why? Because sin makes us stupid. It really does. It clouds your mind. You, you become numb to what is good, what is great in the world. You become numb to God himself. You become numb to the Holy Spirit and our Lord. You know, And so eventually people think that God, does, that God will just forgive them for everything. Yes, he will. He will. But if you don't come to God, he will do what? Eventually, he will leave you to yourself. Our Lord will leave us to ourselves if we remain in sin and do not try our best to come out of it. If we indulge in it. Okay. Because then he allows, that's when you hear me talk about and other priests that talk about that God will basically allow the pain in your life, which is what? The pain of the demonic will enter your home as a husband, will enter your, will mess with your wife, mess with your children, and your house will get turned upside down with chaos. And you don't understand why, because you're blind. You're blind to what is really truly going on. Men, they sure men have this thing where we focus, we really, really focus really hard on one task. Women focus really, really hard on multiple things. And the reason why is because we have different grit, we have different graces and different gifts, right? And so if a man, that's why if a man doesn't pray, he can't see the world around him properly. Okay, so that's that voluntary doubt of faith. So next. Um, next, in, uh, incredulity, heresy, apostasy, and schism. And incredulity is the neglect of revealed truth or willful refusal to assent to it. So one of the things that Father Ripperker says that really got me to start following him, he says a real man consents to the truth no matter how hard it hurts, how much it hurts. And I carry that with me. But that takes humility, doesn't it? Of course it does. Of course it does. When someone comes to you and says, hey, man, you know, maybe you shouldn't divorce. Um, hey, Mrs. Johnson, maybe you shouldn't divorce your husband. Did he abuse you? Did he hit you? Oh, uh, did, he, um, did, he, did he have an affair on you? Well, no. Well, then you are not allowed to divorce him. You're not allowed to file for the annulment. You're not allowed on any of that stuff. You're not, you're not even allowed to separate. That's the truth. That is the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why it's important that we learn to inform and not to really try to convince. Because trying to convince somebody, that's just a debate, right? Okay. But when you inform it's like you give it to them and you what? You let it go, right? Listen, I'm like this right here. Like this information I'm giving you guys today. I give it to you and then I let it go. Because I detach from it. Look, man, I gave them what the deal is, Lord. I did the best I could. Whether they accept it or not, that's on them. Right? And that's the way you should evangelize. Remember, you know, um, your job is to, as a Christian soldier, is to inform, to inform, and to let, like, like let somebody know in as charitable and loving and caring a way as you can that what they are doing this will harm their life, harm their soul, harm everyone around them. Women actually believe when they leave their husband or divorce their husband, they actually believe it's better for the kids and better for him and better for her and better for their parents and their everybody around them. That is a that is from hell. 
That is a lie from hell. When a woman does divorces her husband is and, and he has not done the other two things to her that I mentioned, that that is complete and utter selfishness. Selfishness will lead you one place in this universe south. You cannot make it to heaven as a selfish person who puts themselves first. And people that tell you, ladies, that you deserve to be happy, where did you hear that from? Show me the Bible where it says you deserve to be happy. Show me anywhere in Christ's church where it says you deserve to be happy. Please show me because if that's there somewhere in this, in all the documents of over 2,000 years, if you can show me one that says in the Bible, all the thousands of pages in the Bible, if you can show me one that says you as a woman deserve to be happy, I will stop this podcast and I quit. <laughs> I will say nothing else. You know how I know? Because it's not there. Because why that selfishness? And you know the proof of it? Our Lord is on that cross. You're going to tell me he didn't deserve to be happy like you? You deserve to be happier than Christ, Jesus Christ did? Christ died for you, lady. He gave his life to you, which is what I'm trying to teach your husband to do. I'm trying to teach your husband to die for you so that you know that he truly loves you. And that's what's wrong with men today. We don't die for nothing else other than ourselves, And that ain't going to accomplish nothing. Women ain't stupid. Women are not stupid. They get to a point where they start to see that you don't care about them. You say you do, but your actions don't show it. So what do they do? They start to want to leave. Now, you guys might think I'm contradicting myself. I'm really not. Of course, a woman's not supposed to divorce her husband. Of course, she's not. But I understand why. So does God. If a husband is uncaring, he's, he, he yells at her, criticizes her, calls her names, um, blames her for everything, doesn't give her attention and neglects her, what's she supposed to do? Spend her rest of her life with that? Of course not. Of course not. But also, when you as a man, as a husband, as a father, become a great man, a holy man, a man, a husband that deserves his wife, a father who deserves his children, who a man who deserves the love of God, then your wife is obligated to give you another chance to let you show her the man you've become. And this is where I have a problem that women cannot see past their pride. Pride will also lead you one place south. All right. Next. Heresy. Heresy is obstinate post-baptismal denial of a truth that must be believed with divine and Catholic faith. Okay? I, that's obvious right there. Obst you know, heresy is obstinate post-baptismal denial of a truth that must be believed with divine and Catholic faith. Basically dogma, right? Once you're baptized, your soul is clean. That's why people, you know, it's it's like a in the Catholic Church, it's like a a, a little cute envy. It's not real envy, but we kind of joke around and go, when somebody's an adult and they've never been baptized before in a Protestant church or in a Catholic church, and they get baptized at say like thirty years old, it's like baptism like washes away like all that sin, all that bad stuff they did for thirty years. So we're all like, man, I wish I had that renewal. <laughs> <laughs> right? They get to go to confession for the first time. They get all this great stuff, man. And like, you know, and it doesn't matter when you're baptized in, in the Protestant church or in the Catholic church. There's still the benefit is the same. All of your sins are washed away. But some people have the mis they have the 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 knowledge, they have the misknowledge of that once I'm baptized and my sins are washed away, that I can't be in mortal sin anymore. See, then we go back to the, I'm special again. <laughs> no, you still have to conform to God's law, right? Conform to, 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 to your, you know, to, to our Lord and to your, your husband and your wife and your children. And you know, you gotta, you've got to also do good by those things. Okay. Next apostasy. Apostasy is total, uh, repu repu repudiation of the Christian faith. Okay. So basically, apostasy means that no matter what anybody tells you, no matter what proof they have, your stubbornness and the pride within that man or that woman completely is rejecting 
the truth right before them. You know, and you you that is that is something that only the Holy Spirit can deal with. This is why, you know, the first thing a man husband has to do in his home is he has to get on a serious prayer regimen. Why? So that the Holy Spirit will start to affect his world, his home, through his sacrifice. People think, well, if I don't, I could just say, God, please save my marriage, or God, please help me in my house, or whatever. And then I just keep going to work, eating dinner, breakfast and lunch, buying my cars, and going on my hobbies and vacations. I ain't got to do nothing else, and God just going to work all his magic. See, that's another reason why the Reformation of about 500 years ago watered down the faith. People actually believe that kind of stuff. Okay? They only come to Jesus. They only come to Jesus when they, they need him. And that is what? Presumption. That's the sin of presumption. You presume that no matter what I do, Christ's going to forgive me. That is a very grave sin of presumption. You're taking, basically, you're taking God for granted. You're taking our Lord Jesus Christ for granted. You're using God. Well, I'll do whatever I want to do. And then, oh, when my wife dies, oh, Lord, she, my, my, my wife's on her deathbed. Oh, Lord, please save my wife. Lord, don't do that. Oh, Lord, please help me. No. You know why that doesn't work? Because God does not know you. God does not know us when we do that, when we take him for granted. Okay. Next, schism is the refusal of submission to the Roman pontiff or communion with the members of the church. Okay. These sins strain or break the bonds of unity with the offender and the Catholic church. So a lot of people are not going to agree with schism. I don't care. The demons do. You got to remember the demons are, this is why everybody should see that movie Nefarious. The demons know the Bible and God and the church better than any of us. That's why they love it when you deny the Catholic church. They love it because that is the authority figure. And so the authority, that's where the authority comes from, from the Christian faith. It comes through the cat from, from Jesus Christ to the apostles, to the Catholic church. And so if a man refuses that, that's basically saying, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay. Um, this is another thing that I, um, if you are a Catholic, and you're trying to speak to other believers in, 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 in Christian Protestant faith, like, uh, you know, Methodist or Baptist or Jehovah's Witness or who, you know, whoever you come across. The main problem that you have in trying to talk to them is authority. Once you get over your authority thing, you then you start it starts to click with them. If you go with if you start to talk to a Protestant and who basically they say they read the Bible every day. First of all, that's their first mistake. That's their first mistake, thinking that the Bible is the know-all, be-all, which it is, but it's not. It's only half of the Christian faith. The Bible, Scripture, is only half of it. Tradition, sacred tradition, is the other half, which is why Jesus left a church behind to carry on his um his mission. Okay, and so you've got to understand that. When you talk to a Protestant, it has to be, you have to talk to him about authority, but you don't try to convince him. You give him the information. Like you go and find it in scripture, scripturally based. You find it, you get the documents and you show them and you do your research. If you really love that Protestant, you won't try to debate with them. You will try to um, love them by giving them the information and then asking them questions and then letting them come to the truth. Look, man, just think about it. You know, people forget, even Protestants, all of us Christians, we forget that where we were 30 years ago, we forget where we were five years ago or a year ago. We forget all the stuff. Once we come to Christ, we forget all that stuff we did and how hard-headed we were, <laughs> right? How hard-headed we were, how stubborn we were, you know? How you gonna, how, to, how he gonna tell me I gotta go to the Catholic Church? How he gonna say that the Catholic Church is the, the is the uh, is the uh, source of all grace in the world? How are you gonna say that Jesus Christ left the church behind in the Catholic Church? How are you gonna say that? You know, it takes time. I've I've seen so many people come to the Catholic Church that are Protestants, serious, serious like Southern Baptist dudes that don't play with nothing. The Bible Belt for real. 
This is why you don't debate with them, because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to bring out their four or five scriptures that they memorized, 10 scriptures maybe, if they're really good, and they're going to start quoting all those things to you. And, you know, if you try to sit there and debate with them, they're going to crush you on those 10 scriptural, those 10 scriptures. So what you got to do is have your stuff together is you ask them questions and ask him why. And though it's called the Socratic method. Which is which is what Socrates, right? Um, and so you come and the first thing you talk to them about is basically authority, which is what the Pope, right? Of a Pope and the Catholic Church having being the authority. You know, me, I I look, I try to, I try to get it from I try to first of all, I try when I talk to a Protestant, the first thing I come from is dude, Satan was an angel. It doesn't matter what you and your little church over on 21st Meridian does. I don't care if you got 10,000 members at that church. It does not matter. It matters what the demons know. And the demons know that you that, that you could only fight them through the Catholic faith. You can't. I mean, only priests are authorized to, only priests and men as head of their homes are the only ones that can um uh, can that can combat with a demonic with the demon. See, that's the whole thing that nobody really talks about. Okay? Men, husbands, this is why I'm giving you this information, man, because you you are the authority in your home given by God with protection and defense powers. And so you are the one that can come through and you are the one that can, you know, confront the demonic in your home. Just like priests are authorized to confront the demonic all over the, you know, all over the world or whatever. Okay. When it comes and you as a man, when it comes to your wife and it comes to your children, you have the ultimate power. You have that 500 pound gorilla behind you. His name is Jesus Christ. And he's going to help you. And he's going to work with you as long as you don't what abandon him. Okay, next. Okay, that's that's the uh, offenses against faith. Now let's call to offenses against hope. So remember, the theological, the three theological virtue, virtues are faith, hope, and charity. So we just did faith. Now we're going to go offenses against hope. So despair in hope. Those who despair in hope cease to hope in salvation from God or help in obtaining forgiveness of sin. Christian hope sustains a believer's faith and dependence on God and should not be neglected or rejected. This is why when a person commits suicide, and that's why their their place is, is going to hell, right? Because they are doing a mortal sin against, against hope. Have hope. When a person commits suicide, that means what? They have lost all hope in hope in themselves, hope that anybody else can help them, and but more importantly, hope in our Lord. And that is a serious offense, you know? And it's sad. It's sad that that person is, is, feels that that, you know, I've had, I've had guys that have told me that they want to, they want to kill themselves. And man, if you think your world is cool until somebody tells you that, you got to jump up and get your game together for real as a coach, man. You know, and it's it's hard. It's hard, man, to, to deal with that kind of stuff. When a man comes to you and says, I've lost all hope, I want to hurt myself. And then right then, all coaching stops. <laughs> right? All coaching stops. You go into give it, you go, then you go into convince mode. And then you try yourself to get that person help and lead them to that help. But of course, you can't make them do nothing. You can't make them. You can't make them. All that you can do is contact other people and try to get them help. Okay, that is, you know, despair is a is a very bad thing. It's a very bad thing. Um, and so to bring that around to marriage, you know, and since I'm talk, I talk to husbands mostly. Like a wife when she when she wants to when she wants to leave her husband or get a divorce or separate. She's basically lost all hope in God, right? She's lost hope in God. She's not letting God direct her way. And people kill me. They come to me and they go, well, Jerry, maybe God don't want me to, uh, to, to, to try to save my marriage. First thing I go is, first of all, you're not formed correctly. If this is your first marriage, 
or you have a marriage and it's annulled, of course God wants you to save your marriage, man. To even say that out of your mouth shows that there's a problem. There's a disconnect between you and God somewhere. It means you aren't formed correctly. This is how you hear me say when people, when parents say, well, I'm going to let my kid decide what I want, what, what they want to do when they get older. Basically, you just turn your kid over to Satan because either, either our Lord Jesus Christ is going to form your child or evil is going to form your child. Stop thinking evil is just a serial killer or a rapist or a, a, a murderer or something like that. That's not true. There are, as, I've, as I've mentioned to you over the fat last five shows, man, it's a lot more than that. Sins are all over the place that we must know and understand because we have to be formed correctly so that when evil confronts us, we can battle it. If we don't even know what a venial sin is or a mortal sin is, what that includes, how can we battle Satan in our life? How can we do that? How can we protect and defend our children and our wife? You can't, okay? You can't, okay? So the next is presumption. So presumption is a, an offense against hope and is a mortal sin. I talked about presumption a little bit earlier. Presumption is the church teaches of two types of sinful presumption. The presumption that man can save himself without help from God and the presumption that God's power or his mercy will merit him forgiveness without repentance and conversion. How did Jerry know that? <laughs> the only way I know that, man, is I tried to know it. I really searched it out. I wanted to know it. And people, Orthodox Catholics, man, they are the bomb. If, if they don't try to... Problem with Orthodox Catholics, man, is just they got like I told, they got problems, man. They they don't want to. They see things go wrong in the church. They don't want that to happen, or things are paying their past life, and so sometimes they come across in the face that's unforgiving and ununderstanding stuff, and they kind of push people off a little bit. But I tell you what, don't get it twisted. <laughs> they will tell that if you listen and allow your and and, and let, you know allow the pride to go away and ego. Man, they will and allow them to help and show you. They will bring you, they will help bring you to God through the power of the Holy Spirit, man. They will, dude. They will. Like me. A lot of people don't even know I'm Catholic. I make sure everybody I know that knows me knows I'm Catholic. That's the first thing. I'm not a black man. I'm not a man. I'm not a marriage coach. I'm Catholic. I am a lover of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is first in my life over my wife, over my kids over myself, over my job, over my possessions, over everything. And this is how, if you understand the faith and understand detachment and attachment, man, you start to understand that, that women don't understand that if your husband is going to church and going to adoration and praying rosaries and fasting for you, it's because he loves Jesus Christ. He loves Jesus Christ and he wants to give that love from Christ to you. But many women don't understand that because they weaken their faith. Okay, so presumption is like exactly what I said. You presume we presume as Christians, or not just Christians, any type of, of atheist or whatever, we presume that no matter what we do, God is going to forgive us, or give us the grace to go to confession, or give us the grace to repent. It takes grace to repent, gentlemen. It takes grace. All right. That is presumption is a very is basically taking God for granted. And I beg you with all that I am, no longer do that. Go so Jesus Christ knows you now. Go to him and pray. Meditate in your in the scripture. Meditate on rosary in the rosaries. Meditate, you know, go to adoration and daily mass. You know, go to if you're a Protestant, go to your Bible study, go to church every single Sunday. Pray to God and ask him for, you know, and, and talk to him. You know, talking to him is also reading scripture too. Pr talking to him is also meditative prayer too, you know. So that way when you need him, he goes, huh, I know you, Joe. I know you. I know you. That's what you want Jesus to say. And you have a relationship, a close relationship with him. Okay. Next, 13, offenses against chastity. Okay. So offenses against chastity is a tough one, fellas. To, so try to, try to hang with me on this one. Okay. I'm sorry. Not a chastity. I'm sorry. 
offenses against charity, faith, hope, and charity. I'm sorry. See, I got the sixth commandment on my brain right now. <laughs> so offenses against charity, definition of charity, the catechism of the Catholic church, sacred tradition defines charity as the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. Remember, we must love God above all things for the sake of God himself, for how, you know, for his own sake. Okay. And that's what's important. Okay. So next offenses and mortal sin in charity and indifference. This grave sin entails neglect or refusal on divine charity, AKA divine love. Basically we're refusing God's love. Okay. All right. Uh, the next, those who sin in indifference, fail to consider the goodness of charity and deny its power. All right. Next, ingratitude. An ungrateful sinner fails or refuses to acknowledge and return the love and charity of God. So God loves us. We don't return it. We don't love him back. We like, like kind of like presumption. We just think, well, or, or we don't even come to God at all. We're, we're just a, we're just a heathen kind of like I was. That's what I called myself. <laughs> Before I became Catholic, I was, I was, a, crazy, I was a crazy heathen, y'all. <laughs> so next, um, lukewarmness. Oh, boy. Lukewarmness is, ne is negligence in response to God's charity. It can also mean the refusal to give oneself to the, to the prompting of charity. Jesus Christ says, of course, you. I don't know the scripture, but the number, but Christ says, I will vomit the lukewarm out of my mouth. That lets you know lukewarmness is a grave matter. It's grave sin. Anytime Christ starts talking about the gnashing of teeth and vomiting you out of something <laughs> or, you know, Gehenna, you will go to Gehenna. You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, all that kind of stuff. Dude. That's like right now showing you don't do that. <laughs> like stay far away from that. All right. Next, uh, Acidia. So Acidia, A-C-E-D-I-A. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Please bear with me. I guess I should have looked that up. I thought it was Acidia. Now I'm looking at it. It could be pronounced another way. But for this show, we're going to say Acidia. I'm going to spell it again. It's A-C-E-D-I-A, which means spiritual sloth. So spiritual sloth is a capital sin and the refusal of joy that comes from God. A sinner who indulges in a city may even be repelled by divine goodness. Ooh, that's nasty. Okay. And the last one, guys, the last one, hatred of God. This great sin is born of pride and is contrary to the love of God. A sinner who hates God willfully rejects him. Hatred of God refuses to acknowledge and praise God's goodness and obedience. Remember, this you a lot of you have heard me say the true love of God. Your true proof, your true test of love from God is obedience. Love for God is obedience. It's nothing else. Why is obedience? People don't like the word submit or obedience, those kind of words. You know why they don't? Because that's the devil in them. That's the devil in them. It's called demonic uh, oppression, okay? Demonic oppression um, and demonic uh, influence to, you know, that thing. Um, um, and so what happens is, look, man, the, the demon's talking to you, man, and you're rejecting the truth of God and himself. Um, and so we don't like the word obedience because that, that, looks, that makes us look like, oh, you know, well, I have to do it. But remember, why? is our Lord doing this? He's doing this because he loves us, right? I mean, he knows what's best for us. In the end, remember, we are broken. We don't have the knowledge of the universe as he does. We don't really know stuff. We only know our own little world and what we've learned since we were a baby, which is in the span of time is really nothing, isn't it? And so, you know, what you got to ask yourself is, do I want to stay where I am and be ignorant? Or do I want to start to learn the knowledge of the universe? You know, do I want to draw myself closer to God? So why? So that I can lead my home, so that I can defend my home, so that my wife knows I love her, so that my children respect and love me. I mean, man, it's real simple in my mind. But look, I'm not going to lie. It took me years to come to that. 
So I know it's going to take you time too. But the, the, thing, the thing about the difference between all of us is you have to seek. You cannot stay where you are. Do not let the world, you know, lead you somewhere without at least putting up a fight. Okay. So bring it all together. Bring it all together. Again, these strings of shows was not intended as a moral judgment against you, but to give you knowledge of the supernatural world and the natural world of how mortal sin and sin in general can harm our souls in connection with God. Also, these shows were done in order to help you understand your power and duty as a man to maintain holiness and a connection with our Lord Jesus Christ. As a man, husband, and father, we are obliged to consider our mortality daily. Please consider your mortality daily, gentlemen. That keeps you on top of your game. It lets you and makes you realize I don't have a lot of time. I got to get my stuff together. Okay, this keeps us on top of our game, helps us to realize our time is short, and to take action now, not later, to get our affairs of the soul in order. From this connection, men as the authority in our homes must stay in grace and, and in mercy and connected to God always. We must never sever this relationship if we are to maintain complete effectiveness as protectors and defenders of our home. Hopefully, you have come to realize this extreme this, this extreme importance that we that we we have to do this, that we have to understand this, okay? Take peace in that God has given us a guide to protect our souls, psyche, and emotional stability. Just by the fact that if we lead a good Catholic life filled with the sacraments and devotion to our Lord, our lives will thrive and our journey less turbulent. Again, you as the man, husband, and father have a duty to know, understand, and seek God for the grace and peace he instills in your home. Lead your family, gentlemen. Lead them well. God will reward you. And at your particular judgment, our Lord will say, well done, my son. Well done. Bam. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Hey, 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 we are back for the conclusion of today's show. Again, over these last few shows, I'm so glad that you hung with me. I know at some point, sometimes it was it was difficult um, because, you know, the truth can hurt. You know, analyzing ourselves can hurt. Looking in the mirror can help, can hurt. But it makes you stronger, doesn't it? It makes you stronger as a man. It does. It it gets away that weakness and you, be, you begin to test yourself and to know that you can come through it. You know, so with that being said, gentlemen, we will end today's show with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, as we always do, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. 
you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.